Thank you for joining us today for the Gospel Light Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Lenentine. We are a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, gospel-centered church family located in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We are motivated to love God, grow together, and serve others. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. Now we hope you enjoy today's message from Pastor Brent Lenentine. Let's read, if we would, in Colossians now, chapter number 1 and verse number 23. Let's read these verses. For, for all that are able to, if you would stand just for us to uh, have the opportunity to stand, but also to focus somewhat uh, on God's word as we see this now. And so in Colossians, in chapter number 1, in verse number 23, it says, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in the sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh, for the body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now was made manifest to his saints." To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. The Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless and lead now in this time, we pray, we'd ask it now in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So the title and the theme of our series overall is We Preach Christ, and it comes from this passage, and so this particular message, the third sermon in this series in Colossians, is also then titled We Preach Christ. Now, I'm going to reveal to you my age and just how very old I am. But when I was a kid many years ago, on a Sunday evening, we were watching the Ed Sullivan Show. The Ed Sullivan Show. Who knows of that, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan Show? All right, about, about five of us. No, a few more than that. I was joking. So I was watching the Ed Sullivan Show on TV. Now, again, this is different, so I need to explain that the TV back then had this glass rounded curve, you know, uh, screen on the front of it. It was in this big wood box. And it had rabbit ears on the top of it, right? And you guys know this or understand it. So we were watching Sunday night, the Ed Sullivan Show. Now, we didn't watch it all the time, uh, but we were this particular night. And so it started in 1948. Now, I wasn't around then. It ended in 1971. I was around then. This was probably in the late 60s. 
Uh, and the Ed Sullivan Show was really the most coveted place that you could be on if you're an entertainer trying to launch your career. And actually, there are many, many different entertainers, and I'll not go into all of that, who actually launched from the Ed, uh, the Ed Sullivan Show. Now, he was a very, very zealous and charismatic guy, and so he would line up his shows for uh, each week, and he would always have more guests on there that he could ever get in. And so what he would do is he'd come to the very end of the show, like in the last seconds while they was closing out the show, he would just call out different people's names and he would say, stand up, stand up, stand up, uh, because he didn't get them on the show, but they had come that night uh, to do a, uh, an entertainment and it didn't work out. Many people's careers was launched just because in the last 10 seconds of his show, they stood up and their name was called out and their career was launched just because of that five seconds of fame, if you would, on the Ed Sullivan show. Now, this particular show that we were watching, Ed Sullivan had out there a guy who was world famous for spinning plates. You ever seen this before? And so they had the whole platform set up. So they went to break, they came back from break, and now the whole platform is set up, and there are these sticks, there's these poles uh, that are attached to the floor all across the platform, these flexible poles, uh, and so they introduce the guy, tells him about it and everything, and this guy has an assistant, <coughs> and he's going to start spinning these plates. So he takes the plate and he puts it up on the first one and he spins it like you would spinning a basketball on top of your finger. The assistant gives another plate, he spins it, another plate, he spins it, another plate, he spins it. And so as you go down through the series of this, pretty soon the first plate that you started to spin starts to wobble, right? And it wobbles and it wobbles. Now, I was about seven years old and all the pressure of this and the tension of this was more than I could bear. And so I was standing up and I was hollering to the guy. I was saying, get this, it's going to fall, it's going to fall. And he was over spinning something else. Before he got to the plate, it fell and crashed. So he'd have to put a new one up and start spinning it and this was going to fall. And I was yelling all over. My mother said, sit down, son, sit down. But I was so nervous for the guy because he had to keep all these plates spinning. Now, the record for this is 108 plates spinning by one guy all at the same time. That's a lot of work. Now, that was not on the Ed Sullivan Show, but there were a bunch of plates there. Couldn't tell you how many there were, but it finished. He got all the plates up, and they were all standing, and then they applaud, and then they all start crashing to the ground. But he did it, and he got all of the plates spinning. After he was all done, Ed Sullivan tried to interview him, but he was tired and he was out of breath. And I thought, no wonder he's out of breath, because I'm all out of breath just trying to cheer him on and, and help him out, instruct him about, you know, what plates were falling and what he was supposed to do. Now, all of that, I say, because there's a common, there's a common phrase that is given in uh, the business world and that, and that is that I feel like that I'm just spinning plates. The idea of that is, is that you're so busy trying to keep everything going, you're so busy trying to hold everything up, and while you're giving attention to this one thing and spinning this plate, then another plate is crashing to the ground. And so sometimes, I wanna be honest, our life feels that way. Sometimes at home, our life feels that way, and it just feels overwhelming. It just feels like there's too much to do. Uh, sometimes in the workplace, it can absolutely feel that way, and it feels like there's too much to do, and it's just overwhelming, and it's so hard. Also, if you would, in church life, it can also feel that way. There are people who start out serving the Lord in some way, but at some point they feel like they have too many plates crashing all around them, and so they step away from different things uh, in order to be able to tend to other things in their life. And there are many priorities in life, and there are many important things in life. And I heard somebody say this before, who was a Christian teaching leadership and that, and he made this statement, and at the time, I want to promise you, I didn't agree with what he said. But the statement that he said was this, uh, none of us have time to do everything, but all of us have time to do the most important things. 
And I thought, well, that can't be true because look at all these important things that I have to do. But the part of that is the problem with the definition and how broad we make important and all the different things and all the different plates that we're spinning that we believe are just so very important that we need to keep them all up. Now, I'm not going to deal with time management this morning. That's not what I'm dealing with. What I am dealing with is some priorities that we see specifically given to us in the Word of God. So, as we start into Colossians, the theme of all of this is we preach Christ. Why? Because Jesus is so very, very important. Singularly, the most important person that ever walked on planet Earth. Because he's not a man, sinful man, as you and I are, but rather he's very God who came in the flesh. And so because of that, he is so very, very important. He's worthy then of our faith, he's worthy of our devotion, and he's worthy of our service. That we would serve him as we go forward day by day. So he's worthy then of all of that. And so here's what I want to say to you. And that is that none of us in this room have time enough to do everything that we could do. But all of us in this room, and you won't believe me, but let me make the statement that I didn't believe myself. And that is that all of us in this room have time enough to do the things that are important. And so what I want to submit to you this morning is there is something really important and it's serving Jesus in some way in our life. And so in the first two messages we start out and we learn about how amazing, how wonderful, how glorious Jesus is. And we're going to learn that as we go forward through these short four chapters in the book of Colossians. But what's interesting is, is that we now come to this point. In the, in the end of Colossians chapter 1, and here's the simple thought, and that is, because Jesus is so amazing and singularly so important because he is, then we in turn must labor making him known to the world that's all around us. And so we've seen who Jesus is. Now we're going to see really, if you will, our part, our part in what it is that we are going to do. Oh, I forgot all this. Uh, all right, so here's that. Hey, there's Ed Sullivan. I got so carried away with my story, I didn't even get to tell you. And in case you didn't know what it was, there's a guy spinning plates. Not the one on the Ed Sullivan show, but nonetheless, you saw that. Okay, now, and number one, all right, I got carried away on that thing. So, uh, <clears throat> Dorian's smirking at me, but she's not old enough to know who Ed Sullivan is. So, um, she's just a young gal. So, um, so Roman number, number one, you'll see that. It says, we are in the ministry. We are in the ministry of Jesus. And so here's what it is that, that what's important to understand is, is as we're here this morning, we're gathered this morning, most of you would probably say, Pastor, you are in the ministry serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would say to you, yes, that's true. And I better take that very seriously because God has set me apart, kind of me faithful putting me into the ministry. And so God uh, has, has entrusted that, and it's something that is very, very important. But I want us to understand, too, is that every born-again believer has some part in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus is, and I don't mean this now in a doubtful way, but if Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, and of course he is, and so much more, the Gospel of John tells us that if we were to write everything about Jesus and all of what he did and all of who he is, that the world itself could not contain the volumes of books that could be written just about Jesus Christ. What an amazing, amazing life. And so we would understand then that Jesus is 
singularly the most important person in our lives and in the history of this world. And so because of that then, we need to uh, make him known. So the Bible tells us here, and I want us to see these words if we would. In verse number 23, as we just look at our text here, the Bible says this, if we continue in the faith, and, and Paul here is speaking here of his work, but he's challenging not just the preacher, but all of the believers here at Colossae, he's challenging us. And this is what he says in the latter part of verse number 23. He says, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. And here's what Paul said, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Then in verse number 25, it says, uh, whereof I am made a minister. The word minister means a attendant or a waiter. If you would see, uh, in, been in a restaurant, and um, uh, it's very, very busy, balloon fiesta. And so the different waiters, the ladies, the waitresses, the waiters are working many different tables, and they're busy, busy, and they're just running around. And they're tending then to the needs of the different people, the customers of whom they are serving. And yet what happens then for us is that we get to do that in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that we get to help people to get saved. And we get to help people to grow in the Lord and to draw closer to him. We get to do the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, uh, I want to be careful to frame this in the right way. But within uh, a church, within any local church, I, I try to make two distinctions. And I'm not saying there's two, there's two class levels or anything like that. But within a church, there is what you will call service, service areas. Those who come and help and they clean the church and they set things up and they take things down and they help to serve food and all of that. And every church has got to have those who are just helping, if you would, to serve in different ways. But then there's also what I would call more specifically ministry. And ministry is specifically helping people towards the Great Commission. For people to be saved, for people to be growing in the Lord. And so we see here then this call and this challenge to ministry. And that God has challenged us in this way. Look at verse number 27, the last part of verse number 27. The Bible says that there's a mystery. The mystery among the Gentiles. And this is what it says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, there's so many things that this verse says, but let me just summarize it this way for what we're talking about, and that is Christ in you happens at salvation. We are dead in trespasses and sins, but Jesus came, he died, and he rose again, and he paid for our sins, and now there's a gift extended to all the world that you can believe on Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, believe on Jesus Christ, and you can be saved a child of God, so that you are going to heaven. And that when a person believes on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God comes into them and seals them. But more than that, what this passage and some others tell us is, is that when a person is saved, then Jesus Christ lives in us and wants to then in turn live out from us as we live our life and go forward day by day. And so when you're saved, you have Christ in you. Something so different than other religions of the world. Something so different than even the Old Testament and going all the way back to the beginning of time. And so this is what I want you to understand is that Christianity is so much more than a set of rules, okay? Now, if all Christianity was was a set of rules, these are the best rules known to man. Amen? 
If it were only rules, these are amazing rules. But it's more than that. God doesn't desire simply rules for us, but he desires a relationship that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. For us to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to be saved as a child of God to go forward with Christ in you. What a blessing that is. Also then, he wants for saved people then, he wants for saved people to be growing in the Lord. And so if you'll see in verse number 29, just trying to lay down a foundation here of every believer then growing in a grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in Colossians 1 and verse number 29, it says this, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his work. I'm sorry, wrong one, verse number 28. Let's try that one. When we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, look what it says now, that we may present, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. And so here's the scope of this, and that is that God desires for every person to be saved and every person to be growing to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to turn back a page or maybe two in your Bible towards the beginning to Philippians in chapter number three. Turn if you would to Philippians in chapter number three, and I want us to see this very clearly now in Philippians chapter three in verse number 12. 13 and 14. So this then is the goal. This is the target, if you would. So they had Olympics here back um, in the summer. And one of the things was archery, okay? And so what happens is that someone has a bow. Now they're very, very sophisticated with all the stuff hanging off of them and everything. And so the arrow, and they draw that back, and they aim that thing. And the idea of that is to hit the mark, to hit the target, to hit the bullseye, to hit the center of that target. So the question for all of us is this. What is the bullseye for my Christian life? Does God call me in my Christian life to simply be more like the pastor? Does God call me in my Christian life to simply be more like some spiritual teachers or spiritual authorities in my life? Does God call me to be like, more like some hero in my life? So what is the mark for every born-again believer? And this is what we see in chapter 3 and in verse number 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, mature, or perfectly arrived at this goal. But I, I, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. If I might get a hold of him who has a hold of me. Verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Some of us need to confess our sins and then have, by the grace of God, divine forgetfulness. Because you cannot serve God always weighed down by a guilty conscience. Right? So, laying those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before. And here's what it says. I press. Okay? With a very intentionality, I am pursuing. I am going forward. I press toward the mark, the bullseye, for the prize of the high calling of God, which is found in who? In Christ Jesus. So the archer draws back with the arrow to hit the bullseye, lets it fly, and it hits right in the bullseye. Here's the question. What is the bullseye for the Christian life? It is Jesus. Say that with me. What is the bullseye of the Christian life? It is Jesus. 
Now listen, there are many different authorities in your life who have failed you. But let me promise you this, Jesus has never failed you. Amen? He's never failed you. He's never failed you. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And so he goes with us and he'll help us as we go forward. He'll bear our burdens for us and he'll, he'll be there to be a help and a strength. And he'll be there to encourage us as we go forward. And so, um, I forgot another one. Look at that. So I'm having fun today. I'm getting all wound up and preaching and I'm not advancing myself. So here, now here's the part that we want to get to, okay? Now listen, I, I, just in reading over this and over this and over this, I really believe this is the thrust. I really believe, we understand from Colossians how glorious and how amazing Jesus is. But right here, the close of the very first chapter, here's what God is saying to us. Because Jesus Christ is singularly the greatest person in all of history, he is in fact the one who is the very marker of history. In fact, history is his story, amen? And that's what history is. Our calendar is marked, right, in 2021, in the year of our Lord. Amen? So he reset the calendar. Amen? Now, Ted Turner thought that they should usher in a new uh, generation without God, and they should reset the calendar in their names. The only problem is, is that it didn't happen. Amen? Because Jesus Christ is that one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, if that be so, and it is, then what we need to do Amongst all of our busyness and amongst all of our plate spinning, we need to make sure that we're serving Jesus and making the greatest name on planet Earth known to other people. Amen? That's what we're supposed to do. That's why we're here. That's what we're supposed to do. Now look, if you would, at uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And this list for us, it kind of bunches it together. And it says for us in verse number 28, whom, whom, Jesus, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man that we might present every man. And so I want us to understand this. What is our ministry? First off, I want us to understand is that we preach Christ. That we preach Christ. Now this is the theme for the whole series in the book of Colossians. This is a title for the message this morning, but it also then is a key and a central point for us in our ministry and what it is that God wants for us to do. Now, I want to hit this real quickly, but say that one of the most important things in this matter of the Christian life and the work of a local church is that we preach Christ. The word preach means to declare. It means to proclaim. It means to take an important message and to make it known to all of the world around us. Let me ask this question because I think it's important for us to consider. You saw about, you know, someone standing up at the end of the Ed Sullivan Show and they had their five seconds of fame. Some people might have five minutes of fame. So let's talk about that in the sense of five minutes of fame. Let's say that somebody came to you and said, we have technology and we're really close to having technology so that you could broadcast a message to every person on planet Earth. So if somebody came to you and said, you have five minutes to broadcast your message to every person on planet Earth, what would that message be? What would the message be that would be important enough to really make a change in the significance of people's lives? You could say, well, we need to have clean water, you know. You could say, well, we need to make medicine available. You could say, well, we need to make sure that everyone has enough food in order for them to eat. 
But I want, to, I want to present this to you, and I know in my heart of hearts that this is true. If you had five minutes to proclaim a message to the entire planet Earth, it better be Jesus, that Jesus died and he rose again, and that Jesus is the only one who can save you. So it means then to proclaim, to declare a message to all of the world. And so now in Acts chapter 8 and in verse number 5, it says, um, it says in Acts chapter, five, chapter 8, it says, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and so he went to these new people in a place he'd never been before and that and he goes down to Samaria and he preached unto them Christ he preached Christ unto them so what was it that Philip the faithful uh, deacon and now uh, preaching and proclaiming the word of God what was the message that he did he preached into the message of Jesus Christ that Jesus died and that he rose again and that Jesus Christ is the only one who can save you now let's be super practical for just a moment you say well well pastor I'm not a preacher but let me say this that God could use us to declare the message and we're going to talk more about this in a moment God could use you to declare the message in many, many different settings. We have those that preach in nursing homes, those who would preach uh, in, in jail or in the detention centers, and those that would preach in many different places. Right now, during this church time hour, we have those preaching to teenagers, those preaching to children, those preaching, in a sense, if you would, to the youngest children, what we would call children's church, and then we church. And so we have, of course, many that are preaching the Word of God. But what we must understand is the importance of preaching because preaching is declaring and pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. So every one of us then must, one, love preaching, and two, try to get everyone that we can under the preaching of the Word of God. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen? God chose through the preaching of the Word of God to sanctify and to mature and to grow people up in Christ, God chose by preaching to do this work that only he can do. Now, it doesn't only say preaching. It says whom we preach. And then it says in there, teaching every man. Teaching every man. Now, this becomes much broader because we have many, many people that are teaching the word of God. In the preschool ages, we have someone teaching a class for our youngest children in the preschool. We have those teaching our children kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, and we have those teaching our teenagers in different small groups and small classes. We have those teaching our adults in some nine different adult Bible classes. We have those teaching on Wednesday night in Awanas, and we have those teaching teen time uh, on Wednesday night, and all of this where we take and we present and we proclaim the Word of God, teaching the Word of God to every believer. Now, also in the book of Acts... It says this, also in the book of Acts, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to, and here's the combination of both of them, they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. And so they were busy then proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ and telling people how to be saved and preaching the unsearchable riches of Christ, just pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they were teaching the word of God. Now, teaching is, in a sense, more educational. It's more academic, academic in this sense. In Isaiah 28, in verse number 13, it says, But the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backwards and be broken and snared and taken. 
Now, there's a verse before that, and the idea of this is that we're to go forth and to teach the word of God, to tell people that Jesus was very God who came into this world and lived sinless and perfect, and that Jesus then did many miracles, but he journeyed to the cross, and he died on the cross for our sins and rose again, to teach them about prayer, to teach them about heaven and hell, line upon line, in principle, truth upon truth, as we go forward teaching the word of God. Now... God says through the prophet that this is what I want to happen for my people. But then he says, I know that my people are going to have a hard heart and they're going to reject. But if my people are going to reject, I at least want them to reject and to walk away from the truth instead of having the absence of truth. And so God wants everyone to hear whether they get saved or not. God wants every believer to be taught the word of God whether they take it to heart or whether they harden their heart and turn away from God, God wants them to hear. Amen? Some of you have kind of given up on trying to teach the word of God to family members or friends because you say they're just so hard-hearted they don't care. Well, let me help you out. God wants them to hear whether they care or not. Buddy, that'll fill our, that'll fill our schedule right there. Amen? Because there are all kinds of people in your life that you have predetermined to say they don't want to hear. Therefore, that removes you from any obligation to ever try to teach them anything. But here's what God says. I want them to hear whether they get saved or not saved. I want them to hear whether they follow Jesus Christ or don't follow Jesus Christ. I want them to hear. I want them to be taught line upon line and precept upon precept. Now, it says that we're supposed to warn. It says that we're supposed to warn. Now, let's be really clear. Warning is to go soul winning. We're supposed to caution them. We're supposed to reprove them in a very gentle way. The caution is this, is that without Jesus Christ, you will die and go to hell. Without Jesus Christ, you'll be separated from God forever and ever throughout all of eternity. Without Jesus Christ, a person cannot go to heaven. Now, I want you, if you would, to turn to this place, and if not, we'll read it once we get there, okay? But we're going to go to Ezekiel in chapter number 3. Ezekiel in chapter number 3. Now, you may have seen this before, but God says to Israel, he says that I've set you on the watchtower, and you're supposed to give out my message, and you are going to warn the people. So let's see this, if we would, in the word of God, in Ezekiel chapter number 3, and then in verse number 16, it says this. Uh, it says, and it came to pass uh, at the end uh, of the seven days that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman. So Ezekiel, now I've made you a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord at my mouth. God wants his preachers, God wants his people to hear the word of God and take it into your heart, into your own life. So I said, I want you to hear the word of uh, uh, the word at my mouth, and I want you to give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked that thou shalt surely die, thou givest them, and you givest them not warning, nor speakest warning to warn the wicked from his wicked ways to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood, now this is an outer now, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turned from his wickedness, uh, and he turned not from his wickedness, uh, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. And it goes on, it says, verse 20, but 
here's the thought of it. When we were at this conference, uh, R.B. Ouellette preached a message, and he was with us, preached in a revival right before uh, we closed down for COVID. Then we had an online revival, and he preached a message in the online revival that we had. Brother Ouellette was pastored, used of God in a wonderful way. He used this example, and he said that there was a young girl in his church, was a family member, was connected to another family in the church. And he spoke to her, and he witnessed to her, and he gave her the gospel multiple times. He gave her the gospel, he gave her the gospel, he gave her the gospel. She ne- as, as far as he knows, she never got saved. And then in a tragic accident, she died and was gone into eternity. Now, here's the statement that he said, and it's from these, this verse right here. He said, my heart breaks because as far as I know, she never got saved. Listen to this. But her blood is not on my hands. Because I warned her and I told her that she needed to be saved. I showed her that only Jesus could save her. And I warned her. What is soul winning? Soul winning is soul warning. It is warning a person that there is a savior and his name is Jesus Christ. And he's the only one who can save you. And he's the only one that can take you to heaven. Listen, I'm not trying to guilt trip any of us. I'm just saying to us that this is really important business. And in all of our plate spinning and trying to keep up with everything that we're doing, there are some things that are important enough that they need to be on that plate spinning list in our lives. We don't get to exclude it and say, I'm just too busy for all this stuff. I'm just too busy for this. And I want to say that we need to make Christ known, the preaching of the word of God. Now, many of you are not involved directly in preaching, but you can be under preaching and you can bring people under preaching. The teaching of the word of God, line upon line and precept upon precept. Many of you can do that in your home, in your workplace, in other places like that. But also then, we are faithfully teaching the word of God. Sunday mornings, and then we have a preaching service tonight on Sunday night. On Wednesday, we're faithfully teaching the word of God to get that out. Then to warn people, to warn them, to warn them which comes then through this matter of soul winning. And the last one I want to say is not anyone that we would rejoice in or that we would want to sign up for, but this one is that we get to not only to preach the word of God, not just to teach the word of God or be under that, not just to go soul winning and telling people about Jesus as the only savior, but also this, and that is that we get to suffer for the name and for the cause of Christ. But this is, again, an important and a powerful thing. And so we'll see in Colossians where it lists for us these things. And so in Colossians chapter 1, and in verse number 24, it says, Who now, I now, I now, verse number 24, Paul, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. I rejoice because that I'm suffering. This is a prison epistle, and Paul was in jail for preaching the gospel in Rome. He said, I rejoice in my sufferings for you. And then it says, to fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ. Paul said, I feel like that I'm a little bit short. I feel like that I'm coming a little bit short in my hardships and in my pains in the Christian life. Jesus suffered so much for me. And Jesus bore my sin in my place on the cross. And why should I think that I will pass through life on flowery beds of ease when others before us bore such great 
times of persecution and tribulation. Now, I want to say that this relates to us today, does it not? Because these are different times at best. Let me be really kind and say these are different times. There are people losing their job because they have not taken a vaccination. They have some conviction about that. And we are a people who used to understand and honor different people's convictions in that way. But it's just different times. Hard times. And yet Paul said that I feel like that I'm really coming short a little bit in this hardship and affliction. Which is behind in the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for the body's sake which is the church. Paul said I counted a joy to suffer for Christ so that I can in turn be a blessing and encouragement to God's people. Turn back just one more time and we're done to Philippians in chapter 3. So just a couple of pages back like we said before in Philippians in chapter 3 and this time in verse number 10. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 10 it says this that I may know him. Paul speaking here he says I want to know Jesus that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. It's hard to say, right? Here's what it is. Read it with me, right? And the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And so there's a process here. There's a pattern by which we can grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ as we go through hardships and difficulties. Now here's what I would say, certainly for most of us. We're not running to the front of the line when it comes to sufferings. Let me push everybody out of the way and let me run to the front of the line. But here's what I want to also say very carefully. And that is that when hardships and difficulties come in our life, let's not resent them and reject them as if they are enemies completely undeserving of being in our lives. But rather understand that God, by the grace of God, can use that to help us to grow and to draw closer to him. To draw closer to him through some hardships and through some difficulties. Let's not miss the opportunity and the advantage that only suffering can bring. And we're not signing up for it. We're not running to the head of the line. But let's not miss it. Does that make sense? Is that reasonable? Let's not miss what Jesus has for us as we go through those different difficult times. So our ministry then, our ministry is preaching Jesus Christ and making him known. Our ministry is to teach the word of God line upon line and precept upon precept. If you're involved in that, great, absolutely. We always need more involved in that. If not, make sure you're under it and bring other people under it. Let's have every adult class growing in Gospel Light Baptist Church. Hallelujah. Listen to me now. Every, every, every adult group, let's have it growing. Amen? Amen? For the glory of God. The teens, let's have it growing. The children's classes, let's have it growing. Okay? Under the word of God. Under the word of God. Let's go soul winning and tell people about Jesus. And listen to me now. Let's understand that there is a purpose in the Christian life for hardships and difficulties along this pilgrim's journey. Amen? There's purposes in that. Now, I want us to pray, and all over I want to say that God loves you, that he's a holy God. And if you're not saved, if you're not saved, then you'll not go to heaven. But Jesus extends that gift 
of salvation and eternal life for every person. And you could be saved today if you'd come. Let us show you from the Bible how that you could know that you're born again, saved, and going to heaven. And I want that for you so much. And then all over the room, listen to me now, all over the room, all over the room, God says to you as a believer, for the believers, listen, we have a part to do in this glorious ministry of Jesus Christ. We have a part in that, amen? We have some part in that that we can be a part of and that we can do. We can warn people. We can tell people about our Savior. Get them under the word of God and help them to be, learn and be growing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us have given up on trying to help people biblically or spiritually in our life because we just think they don't care. Let me help you out. Even if they don't care, listen to me now, even if they don't care, tell them anyway. Amen. Amen, preacher. That's exactly right. Let's stand if we would. Want to pray? Want to pray? And all over, we're going to respond in the invitation time. The Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak to our hearts. Help them. Hi, this is Brent Lenentine. And before we go, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It is our prayer that today's message has encouraged and helped you. If you have any questions about how to be saved or your Christian walk, we would love to connect with you. Please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. If you live in the greater Albuquerque area and don't have a church home, we hope that you'll visit with us soon at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Rio Rancho. And if you do have a church home, then I pray that you are able to attend there. Every person needs to be faithful and accountable in a local church where they can grow and serve. This podcast is a supplement to your spiritual growth and let it encourage you to be more for Christ. Again, our website is gospellightbaptist.org. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are listening for the first time, we believe the most important decision you could ever make is the decision to know Jesus in a personal way. To find out more about that, please visit gospellightbaptist.org slash Jesus. If you are a regular listener, we want to thank you for your time, and we would ask that you subscribe to this podcast, and also take a moment to share it with others on social media. Until next time, may God richly bless you.